Welcome to the Programmatic Digest, a podcast dedicated to review industry headlines and trends in the programmatic and digital ad tech world. I'm Ellen Parker, your host and Chief Programmatic Sensei of Ellen Parker Consulting, where we offer customizable training in programmatic media. This podcast has been sponsored by WorkReduce. If you want to reimagine how to work in advertising, check them out at workreduce.com forward slash careers. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Programmatic Digest podcast. I am your host, Ellen Parker, and today we have a special guest, Kevin Bauer. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I am fantastic. If you're not watching this video on YouTube, I strongly recommend because Kevin has one of the most amazing real background. Okay. It is not, not fake. It's not fake. He's put some lot, a lot of effort into it. Um, but, but yeah, he has a really, really cool background. I'm not going to tell you what it is on audio so that you go check it out. Cause it's really cool. But Kevin, before we talk about data strategy, identity, how to create sanity for marketers in this cookie apocalypse. I really want to learn more about you. I think uh, we introduce ourselves best in our own words. So tell us about you. Tell us how you got to where you are. Talk about your journey and what you're currently doing for Prasca Consulting. Uh, Prasca Consulting. <laughs> yeah, cool. No, thank, thank you for asking. Um, yeah, so I've been around for, for a long time. You know, it's a long, it's, it's a long story, but I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've been in the space for several decades now. I think I got into the digital space around 2000. Um, over in, in Europe, I was working for a company that got, got bought by Yahoo. And that's kind of how I landed in the digital industry and ran wow. um, ran the automotive division for them across, across a bunch of different countries in Europe. Yeah, it was a really fun job and fun living in the UK. I lived there for 13 years, so almost half of my adult life. Um, so I still say weird British things like pram from, from time to time. But pram. Um, a pram is um, is is a, a baby carriage. Oh, okay. Or a stroller. A stroller. See, don't, I don't have kids in case you okay. can't. Um, yeah, be a stroller. Um, but anyways, but you know, did that and then um, came back to the states uh, back in 07. And I've spent a lot of time on both the client side as uh, as an operator of digital marketing and e-commerce, doing a lot of the media buying and optimization, and spent a lot of time in the consulting side of the world as well, um, just helping people learn from the mistakes that I made. As as an operator, um, for example, setting up CDPs with no strategy, I, I may have done that in the past, but uh, but learned a lot from it. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then moved into the consulting world. And over the last couple of years, as you know, because I've listened to, to many of your podcasts, which are fantastic. <laughs> Everybody's talking roughly around the same thing, right? What do I do with data? What do I do with identity? And I'm really helping people um, answer those questions. And, and that's uh, also what Prohaska is doing. I love that because that's, that's kind of what we do, but not only focus on, on data, right? So mm-hmm. I, Ellen Parker Consulting, we offer programmatic media solutions. And so what that means is basically it's a mix of media activation support, which is running your campaigns. Yeah, I have buyer mm-hmm. strategists on that. And then training and workshops, which is really what my heart is so happy about training and workshop and finding new things, right? Chris mm-hmm. Doe said, if you want to learn something, teach it. And so that's why I'm always like, you know what? I don't know about this. So I'm glad that you're coming on the podcast because there's been a lot of new updates in the last, honestly, in the last three to four months, there's been quite a few updates in the whole data, the data mm. world. Uh, and it feels like it's it's been a long time coming and it's still a long way to go. Now let's take a quick break to hear more about our sponsors. 
Our sponsor, WorkReduce, is the secret weapon used by the market's top agencies and brands. Their specialist talent and media services help brands and agencies grow and scale faster. One of the fastest growing services offered by WorkReduce is their service desk. It provides flexible, on-demand media buying, ad operation, and analytics support. Many of the world's biggest brand and agencies use WorkReduce in time zone service desk as an extension of their in-house media team. With an easily deployable operation playbook, process automation, and a high quality reputation, their service desks will provide the expertise and precision to take your digital operation to the next level in 2022. Covering ad trafficking, campaign setup, QA, optimization, and campaign analytics, your internal resource focus on the activities that count the most while WorkReduce Service Desk takes care of the rest. Check out WorkReduce.com for more information on their ad operations service desk and tell them Ellen sent you. Now back to the episode. So from your perspective, how, what should we know about data? What should we focus on right now? And I'm also not only speaking to our decision makers. I'm only speak also, I'm also speaking to a strategist that's running multi, multi omni-channel campaigns where there's a lot of first, second, third party data involved. Like what should we tell both of us? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. And it's, you know, so many people are, are, are struggling with that today. Um, almost everybody that, that I talk to is just really overwhelmed in the space. There's so much change happening. Um, how do you, how do you stay on top of it? In fact, I was looking at a, at a, a timeline graph the other day of the major changes that have happened in this space over the last four years. And yeah. not only are there like so many, you can't fit it on a slide, but yeah. the number per year are actually increasing. Oh, it goes okay. from like three major changes in 17 to four and 18 to, you know, it's just, it's accelerating. Yeah. So what we're seeing is, is a lot of people that are just a little bit like deer in the headlights, just a little overwhelmed um, and not knowing which direction to go. What I'm advising and what Paraska is really advising people is to stay calm. There's a lot going on, but really at the end of the day, there's a lot of common... Yeah. Everybody chill. chill, 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 chill. <laughs> yeah, stay right. It's a well speaking of my British time. It's a British thing, right? Stay calm and carry on, kind of, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. But what we're finding is brands are can really benefit from slowing down just a little bit and taking a look at what is the data that I actually need to collect. What is the data that I'm going to be using? And so there's kind of four different key areas that we look at there. I see brands that are collecting entirely too much data. Um, they've heard they've heard the cookie apocalypse, and they're like, first party data is everything. I better get as much as I possibly can. There's such thing as collecting too much data, though. Mm. What does that mean? So, what is? Give me an example of um, when a client has collected too much data, and what type of data was too much. So uh, it's a great question. So if you are not using the data. And I mean, like actionably using the data to do something, to send a more personalized email message or to understand an audience or to build an algorithm for some type of recommendation or whatever the case may be, then honestly, the data is too much data. And the reason why that's a problem is because it really grows the risk within a business of, of holding too much data. Yeah. And so as a marketer, as a data person, I'm actually going to end up running into challenges with 
the finance team, with the legal and compliance team who are going to be saying, hold on a second, you're, you're, you know, our risk of, of, of having a problem if somebody wants this data, data deleted, excuse me, is going up the more and more you, you collect. So I want to make sure that you're using what you're collecting. Got it. Okay. 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 It's almost like what I, I like to illustrate this with when somebody is constantly learning, reading new things, reading books, learning mm -hmm. a new skills, taking this certification, taking this certification and not implementing. Yes, it's yes. almost like you're collecting that data, that knowledge, and the knowledge is just collecting dust at this point. And I also say that, and I think it's a perfect example and a segue into the next question, which mm -hmm. is knowledge is in power unless applied. So how mm -hmm. are you going to collect all this data and look at it in your benefit, whether it's measuring it, whether it's, like you said, providing a more personalized experience for the consumer, but on behalf of your brand or on behalf of your uh, client partners. Yeah. Um, so that's, that gets into the next question about identity, right? With so many, and maybe you've kind of answered this question, but let me ask this uh, instead. So with so many identity solution out there, there's a lot of confusion over IDs. So what mm -hmm. should we be thinking about? Like what, how can we, what is the first few steps we need to go through when it, when we want to look at a solution, like a, like a partner, like an ID solution partner, where should yeah. we start? Yeah, it's a great point because data, data without identity is mm -hmm. a bit like for those who are old enough to remember uh, Christmas vacation when uh, Griswold comes out and he's got the big ball of Christmas lights and they're all just this big pile of lights and you can't do anything with it. Okay. If you don't have IData, or if you don't have identity, that's what your data is doing for you. And so it's all grounded in, in the identity. What we're seeing is, and what I'm seeing a lot of, is, is the, the pace of innovation here is, is really fast, of course, and everybody has a new ID. And they're going to just continue to explode, whether it's UID or, or media ID or you know, there's, there's just, they're all over the place. What we're really saying is, is the, to start with, have your own identity solution. Have your own identity, let me say that differently, your own identity resolution first. The reality of the market is there's going to be new IDs coming out all the time, and you're going to have to work with multiple IDs. Whether you're on the buy side or the sell side, you're going to be dealing with partners that, that use some other type of identity platform, some other type of identity taxonomy. And so really, the only way that you can maintain control of your business and, and really understand where you need to go is to have your own identity and then make sure that that identity is interoperable with all of the other identities, whether that's through a clean room or what have you. And where that really starts is having a solid data taxonomy. And so what I mean by that is, is thinking through the data sets that you have and, and asking, how do I actually want to ladder all of this data up to my ultimate identity? For some brands, it is a household. For some brands, it's an individual consumer, Kevin and Richard Bauer. Um, for some, it is based on an account. I, I could have multiple credit accounts within a given brand. And so it depends on each individual business, but really think through what is that taxonomy that I want to go through to identify my identity so that I can interoperate with whatever identity solution comes down the pipeline tomorrow. Okay, so let's break it down. Let's break it down a little bit because I think you threw a lot of like good gems. So I, I need mm -hmm. to, for my own brain and for the listener, <laughs> I need to understand a few things. Okay, so yeah. 
if we had to recap this conversation right now, let's say if somebody was crazy enough to stop in the, the podcast, what would be three things they want to remember about how to select an ID? Um, what is it? What are we calling it? Identity institution. Like uh, uh, right. There's yeah. so many names around it. Because I understand what taxonomy is, but maybe for somebody that may not have a healthy first party mm-hmm. data strategy or even like a healthy partnership with a data provider for yeah. their own clients or their own brand, how can they really start? Because I, I find it with some of the clients that I've worked with that um, the larger brands that I've worked with have somewhat, not all, but the one that I've worked with have somewhat a little bit more leverage when it comes to their first party data, whether it's CRM, client space or um, yeah. website traffic. They're able to actually manage that. But for the lower end um, brands that may not have. Call them the smaller. Right, a little bit smaller. Smaller brands. Um, what can we tell them? Because I think that that is going to be very valuable to them as well. Yeah, I think I think being able to understand and be comfortable that there is a, a what's the word, stratus, strati of identity. You're going to always be dealing with a multitude of identities from from the unknown consumer. Like when you're when you're trying to acquire customers for the first time, you don't know anything about them necessarily. So they're unknown. And then you move into the known. You move into the known who are authenticated with you, who have logged in. Uh, sorry about that. So you're dealing with a multitude of identities. And what that means is you're going to need to deal with a mix of both deterministic identity, which is when I can say for sure 100% it's Kevin Richard Bauer. But I'm also going to need to deal with probabilistic. And there's nothing wrong with probabilistic identity. It matches the various parts of my marketing strategy, right? As I move from acquired through to retention and loyalty, I'm going to deal in all of those different identity sets. And so we just want to map our our media spend and our strategy to the different stages of identity. And that gives us the maximum opportunity. Yeah. So, okay, good point. So... If you had to remember one thing about what Kevin just just shared is that you cannot, we can no longer put all of our eggs in one basket. You're mm-hmm. going to have to partner with multiple vendors, partner with two or three or four P, uh, companies to help you understand uh, the best strategy for your current campaign strategy. Whatever. Yes. Um, so I think that's really important to highlight because also it gets, it's a good lead into our attribution conversation because mm-hmm. um, attribution and measurement conversation, I would say, because um, if we had to talk about attribution model, right? Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't know if most of us understand what that is, like how we mm-hmm. define it or how it works. Mm-hmm. So define attribution modeling or why attribution is so important to our, our industry. So let's say my 10-year-old niece, like what would you tell her about attribution modeling? So attribution modeling is really interesting that you that you said that on the 10-year-old niece. That's a that's a good one. So so attribution is really about understanding what is the source of value that you are trying to create in your business. Okay. And you really want to tie your all of your expenses to whatever that source of value is, right? Because you're spending money to try to make money off of a certain piece of value, a consumer. And is obviously the most common one. Or for B2B, a client is your source of value. They're they're what do that. So uh for a 10-year-old, um, you know, um, 
their parents are probably the source of value, right? The, the, right. If I, if I want a new toy, it's really, I got to convince mom. It's how much time do I invest in mom as opposed to how much time do I invest in a given catalog or a a commercial or, or what have you. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And so, so really understand what are you actually pegging your spend to? I'm going to spend a dollar. What am I trying to generate? And what you're not actually ironically trying to generate is a dollar. You're, you're trying to generate a consumer first and foremost, and they will, they will generate the dollars for you. Wait, you lost me in the last two minutes. So you're saying, say that again one more time for, for the listener. <laughs> so you want to ground your, your spend mm-hmm. in the source of value for your business. And that is typically a consumer, okay, right? Or a client if you're in the, B, in the B2B space. What brands tend to do today is they tend to measure their spend against channels. They'll measure spend against paid search, display, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. And ROAS, right. But it's not paid search that creates value for your business. It's consumers that create value for your business. Okay. So really what you want to be asking is, is how much money am I spending to acquire a new customer? And how much money am I spending to retain the right type of customer? Both of those are the right questions to ask. The, 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 the spend on display versus search, et cetera, is, is, is really not as meaningful a question. So how do you, um, I'm trying to give another illustration for our listeners there. So where should they start? Like what should marketers be thinking about when it comes to attribution modeling? Because we talked about identity. We talked about how, where, when to partner. Um, we talked about partnering multiple times or partnering, like, you know, ass- assessing different partners for what we're trying to accomplish. Do you think it's still relevant to do the same thing for an attribution? Um, I'm not going to call it measurement, but an attribution, uh, would it be a model? Thank you. An attribution model. And so like how, because I'm still a little bit unclear about, about that particular thing. And Zeus is unclear as well. I don't know if you heard him. But he said he just walked outside the door. <laughs> He's like, yeah, so, open um, the door. <laughs> this is my so office we talked, too. We talked earlier about the importance of identity, that everything is grounded in identity. Yeah. Right. And so if you're so if your measurement's going to be grounded on identity, then your attribution should be grounded in identity as well. It shouldn't be grounded in paid in channels, paid search versus display. It should be grounded in identity. How much money am I spending to acquire or retain an individual consumer? A better way to think of that nowadays. Is more the, the market is shift is shifting away from certainly last click, of course, but even multi-touch attribution is essentially dead these days. And what's really coming to the fore is media mix modeling, where I'm I'm understanding where I'm spending my money relative to where my consumers actually are, and then connecting those two dots. How much money am I spending against how many customers are seeing my advertising is a much more uh worthy measurement of, of, of spend and attribution of spend. Let me guess. The way we do that is by measuring, right? Well, the measuring. So the measuring thing is actually is the second thing. So you hear a lot of people talking about attribution and measurement as if they're the same thing. And in reality, what we're finding is that they're very different things. The first thing to do is to understand where I'm going to attribute whatever spend, revenue, whatever it is that I'm trying to attribute. Again, we would encourage at the identity level. Once I'm there, though, then it becomes, okay, how am I going to measure what that spend was or measure what that revenue, um, et, et cetera, was? How do I know if it's working? 
Okay, so I'm gonna take the next 30 seconds to let you know about the Reach Frequency, which is a course you have asked me for, okay? And I've spent a lot of time crafting every single lesson just for you. Why should you even consider? And then I'm already pretty aware of what's going on for my advertising. I love your podcast content. This is where I'm here. Cool, great. But you may know somebody that really wants to learn about programmatic advertising and don't know where to start, right? Most likely you've received training via your current job or via a previous job, right? You work for an agency, you work for a partner or a vendor in the industry, and they provided uh, the, the training, right? Is that how you got here? Well, did you know that that's the, actually the only way to get training nowadays? Like if for any one of our friends in the digital marketing world, it's really hard for us to, for them to really learn anything if they don't know who, where, and, and, and really what to look for. So the Reach and Frequency course is geared for those people. It's going to take you from zero to 100, from fundamentals to how to run a successful programmatic media campaign, how to run a successful department if you wish to be a leader or lead a department in programmatic advertising. The Reach and Frequency course is for you. Okay, we talk about we talk about anything from fundamentals. We talk about anything from who are the key players in the industry. But the biggest thing is that I give you my recommendation, my feedback, my guides. I was a trader. I was a buyer for few for eight plus years, right? And I led teams. I led teams of buyers. So I'm really, really, really good when it comes to running a programmatic advertising strategy, implementing, executing, optimizing, and reporting on, and then selling some more. I'm really good at that. So yeah, you can probably get most of this training out there. Great. Don't only stop at with my course. Continue training because that's 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 what it's all about, right? But what you won't get anywhere else and you'll get with me is all of that experience I've been able to gather, you've been able to implement. Like this is an interactive course for you to learn anything you should know about programmatic advertising, whether you're already working in it or you're trying to work in the industry. So check out the Reach and Frequency course brought to you by me, your very own programmatic coach. I'm very grateful for this experience that I've gone through the last two years and I'm here to teach you everything that I know. Check out reachandfrequency.live, reachandfrequency.live, and now back to the episode. Um, and there, you know, what we're what we're seeing is, I know you've had um, uh, Dr. Pao on here before as an example, one of our, one of our, a, a good friend of Prohaska's, um, talking about making sure that we're measuring how much of our advertising is getting in front of real people and not only real people, but of course the right real people. Um, it's, it's too easy to get distracted by ROAS numbers and impression levels, but are real people actually seeing it? Like, oh my gosh. This is this is gonna be a tangent again, but um, I was so I have a I have a community. It's called the Programmatic Meetup. I was telling you about it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, last Friday, um, or a few Fridays ago, since this is gonna go live in a couple of Fridays, yeah, we went through a training session. So once in a while, a while we do live training session, and so um, so we pull data reports, right? We, of course, we, we, uh, we removed the advertiser name and campaign. So the only thing we see is literally just the data. Mm-hmm. And I walk them through best practices when it comes to optimizing for site lists. And, and bear with me because it, it, it's related to what you just said. And so I'm going through my site list and I'm seeing all these sites. And so I'm like, yeah, what is, what's going on? These sites don't 
look legit. <laughs> and sure enough, we randomly started looking at sites. And so I'm optimizing off of those site lists. I'm excluding it. And then I'm like, well, who, who is sending me those sites? So I pivot in the supply vendors. And then I see who's sending me the sites. And the, ma- the main, um, the main I keep the supply vendor off because they're friends of the podcast, but the main supply vendor that were sending some of this data was uh, was a very popular supply vendor. And so I'm like, okay, so who is the supply vendor working with? And so I'm taking a step even further out and I'm pulling in the sellers. And so for my friends listening or my friends watching, um, what I'm doing is just optimizing my inventory. It's very common when it comes to SPO. And I want to give a shout out to Manuela Cortez because she's on the in the community and she's the one who, who was walking us through SPO and how to implement it. And yes. as I was just driving. Um, and so we, I realized that one, those same websites are accessible via multiple supply vendors, via multiple sellers. So it's basically all over the place. Mm-hmm. Everybody's selling the, almost the same thing, right? And right. so it is super, super important that you do have a legit way to measure everything and I want to give my shout outs to all of those, those, the display strategists, the media buyers, the programmatic traders that are actually doing this on a day to day and taking the time to really look at the inventory. But this is just an example of you will have to have the technology set up. You'll have to have the, the, the human power set up, but you, you cannot trust you. I mean, I should say you can trust, but always verify. Always okay. verify. That's right. We can trust, but you have to verify. And I think that's what you're right. saying, Kevin. Like you right. have to have certain level of implementation, whether it's like the technology, the, pe- the people, you know, your strategy, and it goes back to identity. It goes back to in, within your data strategy, all of that. Yeah. It's not going to mean anything unless you have the systems and tools in place to help you just empower your strategy. So even if to to extend your example, even if we're just going to make up a number, I, I through SPO I optimize my spend from a hundred thousand dollars down to fifty thousand dollars. Just 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 picking numbers, right? Well, is that fifty thousand dollars against one person? Is it against a million people? And are they the right people? Are they the people that are interested in my business? And so that really ties back to ask yourself the basic questions: What is the data that I actually need to be able to to action marketing? How do I understand who? I'm actually spending it with or or targeting, and then um and then how do I measure? And you you know you also brought a, a good point is that yes ultimately it's all about cost unfortunately I know mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, somebody's gonna cringe and be like no it's not about the money whatever yes it's not always about the money but when you are spending somebody else's money okay your advertisers it can be all about that cost it can be all about that dollar amount so um it is super important to focus on even down to the detail. And you're probably listening think, thinking like, this is too much, I'm about to give up and go sell donuts. Fine, whatever you wanna do, if that makes your heart happy to sell donuts, I love donuts, go ahead, go for it. But if you're gonna stay in the industry, I need you to Absolutely. step it up. We gotta step it up. Um, well, just imagine the company. No, I was gonna I mean, say, I know it's unfair to throw all this information to you, but hang in there. like. There are ways for us to get to a certain level. And it's it's just like, you just got to focus on that one thing. And it should be data right now. It should be. Imagine a conversation with your CFO. And it could go one of two ways. They could say, hey, how much money are you spending on paid search and why? Mm-hmm. Or they could, you know, and you'd say, oh, I'm spending a million dollars on paid search and I'm not sure what I'm getting out of it. 
Or you could say, hey, I spent a million dollars and I acquired a million unique new new customers that are great for yeah. our business. Which one of those conversations is, is going to go better? Yeah. Uh, I know which one is, but I'll, I'll let you tell us, Kevin. What do you think? <laughs> it, it, it'll, it'll be the latter, trust me. <laughs> Yeah, so, all yeah. about growth, right? Growth is about is about customers, not a, not about how many impressions I delivered out there in the world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's not about that CPM number. It's not about that CPC. But those metrics can become very important, and it goes back to looking at every single details, right? Like those yes, metrics yes. are just a way to indicate how we should move that needle, or if we should move that needle to. Yes be relevant enough for the consumer, which is the customer. Yeah, and, so, and that's well said, because I think the, the trap that a lot of us have gotten into over the years, to your point, is we've thought that the CPC was the ultimate number, as yeah. an example. I got I got to lower my CPC. Well, n- not necessarily, right? It's an indicator. It's not the goal. So that's well said. And you know, and and another thing too, like as a, my brain's spinning here, uh, spinning, well, spinning and spinning, Um. I think one of the things that's also underrated is the fact that when data is done correctly, right? And you said it, it's four things. When data is identity, it's attribution, it's measurement. When those three things are done well, then you're more likely to even serve on human-based sites, which what I mean by that is non-fraudulent sites, uh, Mm -hmm. sites that are less likely to have uh, you know, some bots in act- activities or some invalid activities, which is the proper term, invalid activities. Mm-hmm. And so that is why, you know, it, it does it does affect the rest of your strategy and it will affect the rest of your your operations because now you really identify and you took out all those bad apples, which you could probably never take 100% of them out. But by implementing the right partners, by making sure that you have the right tools and system to Look over this on a daily basis right. or weekly basis, whatever. It's going it's, to set you up. And it's not just fraud. Think about it in terms of transactions versus customers. You know, too, yeah. ma- too many of us over time have optimized to transactions, mm-hmm. only to find that we can't explain why our customer file isn't growing year over year. Yeah. Well, it's because we acquired a ton of transactions of customers who were only ever going to buy from us once. That wasn't the right thing to optimize to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So... All right, so we dropped, we dropped a lot of great, great points here. And before we go into the closing uh, segment, I do want to um, ask for those three things, right? Mm-hmm. So if anybody had to stop the podcast right now, I am a big believer that, I just, I just said it earlier, but I'm a big believer that there's no point of hearing all this information. We're not going to activate on it. We're going to activate. Can you tell me a strategist and buyer? If you're not going to implement and execute on it. So what are three or four things that Kevin wants every single people listening or viewing this uh, YouTube video? What are three or four things you want them to do, you want us to do to implement this, this knowledge you just pour, like this, all of yep. these strategy gems, like it's re- literally like million dollar tips that you just gave, right? So what are, can you recap them in three to four bullet points to let them get it done right now? What's the, what's the tweet version, right? Well, <laughs> Right. The, the the tweet version is pick two or three data points that are really important and will move the needle for you. Okay. Make sure those data points, you can attribute those to individual consumers or clients, not channels or cookies. Got it. And then make sure you're measuring whether real people, the real people you're looking for are actually seeing your, your dollars uh, well spent or not. Gotcha. 
And those data points that you're referring to are? They are unique things that you don't find from consumers just browsing your website. You want context. You want their challenges. You want their actual needs, not just what they're transacting on. Okay. That sounds great. I mean, this is a great way to, to end the podcast, but before we do end, I want to move into the closing segments where I ask a lot of fun questions. Ooh, um, I, I don't like to have fun. <laughs> I usually ask this question at the beginning of the podcast, but I got so excited by the conversation, I skipped it. So I'm going to ask it now. Okay. So going back to my niece, Lin- my niece, Linda, she is super smart. Um, she is like a mini activist, but um, mini Christian activist, I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, so how would you define programmatic advertising to her? Programmatic advertising is simply, um, the automation of spending money. <laughs> that is well said. <laughs> uh, I did knowing her, I feel like she'll have a lot of follow-up questions, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, so, we're so how do I apply this to, uh, to my, you know, my toy collection exactly? My dragon collection. She loves dragons. So, uh, all right. Okay. So, so Kevin, I know, I know you might say this as a fun fact, but like, can you tell us like, a couple of fun facts about yourself? Even though I didn't want to say it. Other, but- other than the one obviously staring at you behind. Yeah. For <laughs> anybody who actually tunes in, um, spoiler alert again, tune in. <laughs> uh, I'll give, I'll give you a couple of others. Um, let's see. I am a state dance champion. No. Um, I was a- Huh? What kind of dance? Well, I don't want to give too much away, but I'm a state dance champion. Uh, and I used to be the cheerleader for a oh, uh, major, major university. You can probably imagine if, if you stalked me, um, what that would be. <laughs> yeah. And I live most, I think as I mentioned earlier, I live most of my adult life in, uh, in Europe. So yeah, that's really good. Cool. That's really dope. Um, I, I won't YouTube it unless you want me to YouTube your dance. Your dance championship it's hard to find i've challenged people the video is out there nobody has ever come back and said they found it but it is out there so is it, it out there or mm-hmm. is it not okay, okay. It challenge accepted that's right um great great so i'm a big reader i love books so what is the latest book you've read or like what's your latest read or audible you know um the the so i've been doing a lot of podcasts lately i just i love your podcast i love the um the <laughs> The ANA podcast, the the IAB yeah. podcast. Um, I'm, just, I'm just kind of becoming absorbed in those. <laughs> I have found that reading, um, yeah, I've moved from the physical medium into the uh, into the digital medium on that one. So, but the last great book I read was was Good to Great. Good to Great, which is, no which is one, one of my favorites of all time. Jim Collins. Yeah, I literally just interviewed um, Josh Perlstein from Response Media. Oh. And um, he literally just said he was rereading the book just a couple hours. So I I batch, I batch record in a day, literally just a couple hours was my first time. Yeah, it is. So I'm going to download it and then I'm going to order the book because I like the physical book. Um, But once in a while, I'll start listening to it until it gets here. Um, So yeah, I think it's just like a sign. I'm going to do it. The life changer. Jim Collins. Okay. So lastly, um, if you had to give yourself an advice, like your freshman self starting, let's say uh, years ago, what is something you wish you knew mm-hmm. then that you know now? The world is not static. In other words, I spent so much of my career, and I think we do this as marketers too, when we're evaluating our, our spend, et cetera, is we think that tomorrow is going to look exactly like today. Ugh. 
Yeah. And it's not. Whether yeah. you're upset with your boss, you know, I don't like my boss. I don't like my job. I don't, you know, whatever it is, tomorrow is going to be different than today. Um, and that that brings patience. That brings the ability to to kind of think strategically and 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 look a little bit farther afield, if if you will, rather than always be in the moment and always panicked about what's right in front of my nose. That's mm, what it was. That's, that's what it dope. Was. That's dope. Well, thank you so much for sharing. This was great. We got so much, so much, so much gems out of this podcast that I think we're gonna have to have you back to finish some of the conversation. Um, but in the meantime, where can people find you if they need you? They can find me at prohaskaconsulting.com or, of mm -hmm. course, on LinkedIn. Okay, great. Well, your information will be in the description and everywhere on social media. Thank you so much for dropping by. This was amazing. Really appreciate you. If nobody told you, thank you for being you today. And um, talk to you very, very soon. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs>